Welcome back to another episode of NFT Catcher Podcast. We'd like to remind everybody that nothing on the show is meant as financial advice, and to please do your own research. Thank you, and enjoy the show. Now the subject is NFT. They're known as non-fungible tokens, or NFT. NFTs are floating in popularity. This is a technology that will forever change the way people interact. So it is happening whether you understand it and like it or not. This phenomenon is you have now joined Jenny from the Blockchain and Michael Keen on the NFT Catcher Podcast. What's up, everyone? And welcome back to another episode of the NFT Catcher Podcast with me, Jenny from the Blockchain, and my co-host, Michael Keen. Today, we have a very special guest. Uh, we have Nate Alex with us today. Welcome. Welcome to the show, Nate Alex. Hi, yeah. Thanks for having me on. Is your, like first name nate and your middle name is alex yeah yeah that's okay, it. Okay. You cracked the code <laughs> cracked the code yes <laughs> you great uh, you know just had to confirm that there um michael how's your weekend how's your week it, it's been going well traveling around a lot as you guys know i'm actually in ithaca new york right now at, at my mother-in-law's place with four little crazy kids and our dog <laughs> and lots of Jeez. bugs lots of bugs yeah, yeah lots of bugs i got bit by a spider Oh no! Yeah, now I got these like two fang marks <laughs> on my finger. It got me. Oh my know. gosh! I know, I know. At least it wasn't poisonous. Okay, but yeah, yeah, that's my that's my week. That's my week. How about you? My week has been good. good. Yeah, I, I've been good. Um, I had after New York, I went and visited family. They live like on a farm, and it was just very like mm. farm life. No social media, you know. And then yeah. came back here. My birthday just happened on friday i guess yeah, that and was then fun. That was fun. went to seattle and yeah, yeah you know so now but now i'm back home but yeah yeah it's been a little too long we've been off our normal schedule sorry nate i know we're cutting you off a little bit we'll uh we'll get to whatever you got going on in a no problem <laughs> just kidding but, yes so uh, yeah. nate alex welcome in you're basically if, if for those of you who don't know who nate alex is which i feel like if you're in nfts you definitely should, or at least like you probably know him or have heard of him because he's like one of the ultimate OGs in my book. And, you know, you, you've been around since the early Crypto Kitty days, early Top Shot days, early Cheese Wizard days, right? Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of curious to hear how you got started in Web3. You know, was it through crypto and how did your Web3 journey begin? And um, when did you transition to, to doing Web3 full-time? So, yeah, I mean, I started, uh, the first time that I ever bought any crypto was in like the fall of 2017. Um, you know, it was, it was probably similar to how people started hearing about NFTs last year. Like you just hear about it month after month. The new, the, like the media was writing about, uh, at the time was writing about Bitcoin. And it was hard to ignore like, just the price going up and without knowing anything, I just like, oh, fuck it. I'm going to throw some money in and try to make a little extra and just see what happens. Um, and then it, it was, a, it took a few months of, cause I, I just was like fascinated by the concepts, even though a lot of them were, there were a lot of like bullshit narratives from like the ICOCs and stuff. But after doing a lot of research, I had found NFTs at the end of 2017 and that was when it really like kind of clicked for me where it, it felt like it was something more than just 
like bullshit, like Ponzi hot potato game. Um, even though NFTs have sometimes transformed into that as well. Uh, I, that was where it really clicked for me with like the crypto kitties, um, community talking to the people there, especially, you know, throughout 2018 where everybody was just losing money perpetually. So if you wanted to like kind of remain through that, you had to be there for, you know, a different reason, I guess. Yeah, because there was like a lot of people that got into CryptoKitties initially, right? Like, I mean, at least like a solid chunk. And then as time progressed, people just fell off. Like, you know, at tw 2018, 2019, not much happening with NFTs. So what were you doing during that time? Like, you know, uh, the frenzy, the initial frenzy of CryptoKitties was kind of dying. There wasn't all these ETH projects coming out every single day yet. Yeah, it, so pretty much in... Uh... 2017 i mean i caught kind of the end of the crypto kitties like the big hype cycle which didn't last very long for them where they they were like founder cats were selling for like a hundred thousand dollars and that was like what really caught my eye in the nft space it's like holy shit like this is more than my yearly salary that people are selling these pictures of like cartoon cats like this makes no sense at all um but you know so for me, I mean, I wasn't playing at that scale. I was flipping cats for a dollar or two dollars and like just trying to understand what would make somebody pay more for something. And it was really just a purely like financial game for me at that point. Um, in 2018 is when I made a lot of friends that, uh, you know, a lot of people would, would know today, you know, Pranked or, or Jimmy or Carlini. Um, there's a number of people that we were all like just talking pretty much daily about nfts um and you know it, it was kind of like a, a cope group where we would like keep each other kind of like in the game and like keep ourselves from giving up kind of and that that pretty much it felt like that for the better part of two or three years it, i think it was probably 2020 before it felt like any real outside interest started kind of bleeding in that's when i really think i started noticing a lot of new faces in the space why didn't you give up and leave? Like, why did you feel like, you know, continuing on? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, maybe just being stubborn or, or maybe just the relationships I had built with these people. Um, it, you know, it's, it was kind of a, you know, I, I was spending a lot of time on online and on discord talking to these people and they became my friends. And, you know, I, I guess in a sense, I mean, it wasn't even, yeah, we talked about NFTs and crypto a lot you know, what the prices were doing and all stuff. But I mean, after a year of that, you get to know people, you talk about other things and then, you know, building those friendships, it just was like, it became like a friend group. Um, so, I mean, that kept me at least engaged in the space. I mean, we were all around whenever like autoglyphs dropped. I remember one of our friends uh, was like, hey, the, the guys that created CryptoPunks have just created this cool thing, autoglyphs. And we're probably going to be big because people like crypto punks and we're like, okay. And then we like bought a whole shitload of them. Um, and you know, it was just, I actually listened. Yeah. You bring up autoglyphs. It's funny. I listened to you. I think you have a pinned tweet of a podcast you did. It was like an hour and a half long about a year ago. Oh when yeah. You were when you were originally going to come on, I listened to that whole thing and uh, it really <laughs> stuck that you talked about autoglyphs then. And that was back in like June of last year. And you were talking about how they were like a hundred grand. And now I looked and the floors like 200 ETH. Like, yeah. So you bought, a, you minted a whole bunch of those. You, you, you went nuts on those when they first dropped. Yeah. I bought about 30, which was, I think maybe 
pranked about more than I did, or pranksy about more than I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think maybe oh, Kryptonic. I, but but I, I was one of the larger mentors. I just at the time, um, I, I spent maybe about a thousand dollars minting them, mm-hmm. and which was a significant amount of money to me at the time. Really, it was yeah. it was maybe you know twenty or thirty percent of what I had in the crypto space. Um, and I remember telling like my coworkers about it, and they were like, they just thought it was so fucking stupid. So that <laughs> same week when I started flipping some of them. You know, they were approximately twenty-five or thirty dollars a piece after gas, um, and mm. I was selling them for you know one hundred and fifty dollars that same week, and it felt like good to like kind of be like, oh, guess who? I just made a thousand dollars today. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I I think that I had to play the game a little different than some people. Like, let's say like uh, Jim, who or Jimmy, he could take like the longer term approach and really sit on them and really believe in them, and he came out the back with you know, 10 autoglyphs by the time they had blown up and I had zero at this time. So mm-hmm. um, it's just different ways to, to play the game. But yeah, I always think, I, I think back to that, this is a pretty memorable thing for me where it was like, you know, just being present in the space allowed us that opportunity. Because I mean, there are probably less than a hundred active people daily at that point. Wow. Yeah, being present, that's the thing too. And And that was, I thought that was interesting when you were talking about how you know, it was kind of that little NFT bear market of, you know, 2018, 2019, nothing was really happening, but you guys were just there, you were present. And then, you know, all of a sudden opportunities start coming your way, even though it didn't seem like, you know, things were going to be going well at the time, you know, things start happening. And I also think about now, like now a lot of people would say, oh, we're in a bear market right now. You know, I'm sure a lot of people have left, but there's still people here sticking around and, you know, when you were saying the reason why you stayed was because of these connections that you formed and, you know, you, you just kind of developed a sense of community and that kind of tied you in and, and kept you in the space. I feel like a lot of people can relate to that for sure. Like right now, you know, a lot of people are like, they're here for the connections and, you know, maybe they make money, maybe they don't, you know, not sure what's happening next with NFTs, but, you know, a lot of people say, oh, it's about the friendships you make along the way, right? Mm. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that that leads to some better opportunities, I think, just being able to survive because it is, you know, when, when the opportunity is the best, um, it's when it will feel the worst. Like, that's when people will be the most bored and as a whole will want to give up the most. I mean, I think that even for some of us who've been through that, those like valleys before, I think it's going to be even hard for us. I mean, like, I don't, see myself giving up like it would have to get really fucking bad for that to happen but i think that there will be a time where i'm like oh man i just am i'm just mentally exhausted from this this is it's it's just tiresome because you know even i think that some people think that it's just gonna bottom out and then uh, to a month later it's back to old all-time high or some shit like that's not gonna happen like it is gonna take a long time for people to sort of rediscover it you know some new technologies to be invented and some new like narratives that can be big the next time interest returns. I mean, I just don't think that it'll be, let's just say if it's two years from now that NFTs kind of become mainstream again, I don't expect the meta to be the same. Like it's just 10 K PFPs all over again, hot potato. I, I would be shocked if that's what we're doing again in two years. Yeah. It's yeah. a good point. Good point for sure. It could be a while. I mean, you know, we're here for it. And it's, it's good to hear your story and the perspective. And I've read a lot of people talk about that last cycle, how you kind of had to 
stick through it and you be there and you come out on top if you if you have but it could it could be a while you're you're right like the technology we know is going to do amazing things but what is it really going to do and yeah i mean it, the incentives aren't great like when things are just going insane like they have well i mean maybe not this past several months but let's the, the majority of 2021 um there wasn't a lot of incentive to be like, you know what, I'm going to take a year long approach to build this really cool thing. It was more like, oh my God, I need to ship something now while mm -hmm. people are throwing $3 million at whatever garbage mm -hmm. you can come out mm -hmm. with. So, I mean, that happened over and over and over again and being lean and being fast was a lot more valuable in terms of earning than yep. building something that was kind of unique and could actually capture some longer term attention. What would you say like excites you about NFTs besides like the financial aspect? Because I feel like a lot of people kind of focus on that. But like what drew you into NFTs? Like why are you still around, you know, besides, you know, it, it's really lucrative, like besides that? Um, I mean, I think that it, it's just as sort of like an inevitable thing that's going to happen where all digital assets are NFTs. They're all tradable. I don't know what it looks like. I mean, I've seen some crazy theories i think gary v had talked something about like your plane ticket could be an nft that's tradable it's stuff like that but i mean I, I i think that the scope is just so much bigger than what we've seen and it's inevitable like you literally it will be unavoidable in in five years or 10 years or whatever it's 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 to me it's a bit like being an early adopter of the internet i know that's like a common analogy but like if you waited 10 years to start using the internet and then you wanted to have a career in any internet-based thing, you're so far behind people that have been using it for 10 years. So mm -hmm. the same thing here, you know, just using it at all, just being able to use MetaMask and being able to interact on Ethereum blockchain five years from now is going to be tremendously valuable for people who know that. And I guess I, you said not just value focus, but I mean, also in terms of just life usability like you're you're going to be expected to know this shit just like people are expected to know how to use the internet now to do things um you know the only way to kind of keep up is just be a part of it and just kind of stick stick with it yeah yeah i gotta keep up with the new technology that's the thing it's it's and it's and it i think it is a little bit harder for people that are a little more stubborn like uh my dad he was like he didn't want to be on the internet right when it first started coming out still to this day but now he's looking for a new apartment and he's realizing everything is online. And he's like, mm -hmm. everything is online. Like I'm not used to this. You know, I was used to just walking into apartments before and it's like, well, now you got to apply online and, you know, you got to submit, mm -hmm. you know, all these things. And so it's like, if you don't keep up with the times, you're going to get left behind and that's not ideal. Um, yes. But yeah, I am so curious to see what, you know, what things are going to look like with, you know, blockchain technology in, I don't know, a couple of years from now, or even five years, 10 years. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I just think that there's going to be, it will feel like that if you don't keep up with this in five or 10 years, whenever you need to have something NFT related for your, your life and you haven't paid attention to NFTs for 10 years, you're going to feel like your dad felt looking for an apartment online because he didn't know what the fuck he was doing. Like that is mm -hmm. just going to play out. I think that that is just kind of inevitable. So whether, you know, you know, without regard to like the financial side of things, it just is going to be like, <laughs> you will need to know how to use it to navigate life probably. Yeah. yeah. 
on that point, I've said a couple of times, I, I feel like the next wave is going to be like the original wave. The last one, 2021 was, Hey, I heard NFTs are great. I want to get into NFTs. Which ones should I buy? The next time it's probably going to be like, I need that. Like I see an advertisement. I need whatever that is. Oh, I have to get an NFT. How do I do that? Like that's, mm. that's when real like when the, to bring the masses back in. I'm also a little worried about the next little pump. Like everybody's going to be taking profits so quick next time because they were just ran through this. So like, or they say they will. Right. Oh, God, it's so going to be hard to get you. I'm going to take these profits. Uh-huh. And the next cotton comes around. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm forever. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you know. I, I expect that there will be profit takers faster than what people think. I mean, it's yeah. you, you see it like board apes being, uh, you know, they have a strong operational team. They've done a great job, like keeping people engaged perpetually, but also timing plays in hugely with them. The, the sort of collector base that they started with were people who were like, fuck it, we're going to hold to a million or zero. And they, you know, um, versus now, like even projects that have a tremendous amount of interest and hype, they just can't get there because people, they now are like, oh shit, like I need to undercut yeah. before somebody else undercuts. Yeah. The, the, the price competition is a lot harder. Like, I mean, CryptoKitties saw that this year or last year, I guess, a lot harder than say like CryptoPunks because there are a lot more people that have been trading regularly that had owned CryptoKitties versus CryptoPunks. You had a bunch of people who were like, man, eh, we'll hold till a million dollars. So th- that different psychology will come into play. I think the next cycle, there will be a lot of people who understand or who, who play the, the short term, like fast uh, nickel versus like the long dime, which is, yeah. that's me with autoglyphs versus say Jim with autoglyphs. Mm-hmm. Now I'm a board ape and you, you're, you're right. Like, so, so my psychology, I was like, I'm just, you know, million dollars is probably going to get there. It got up to like half a million almost. It was probably pretty much there and now it's down to whatever it is like you know 110,000 and so the next time it goes up am I going to sell if it gets to a half a million you know like it's a lot of money and I kind of you know I love the ape I have but I wouldn't have minded selling and buying two more and getting one real nice one and another you know like a floor one whatever it is so like I feel like people probably like some people like me I don't know if I will or not but will take them a little quicker and hopefully there's enough of other people you know to keep it keep it going up but yeah, yeah <laughs> more demand what, more buyers yeah right what do you think of that ecosystem you think they're going to be able to pull it off with the like they're obviously going to do a game whatever it is but do you think that's gonna you think that's gonna make that ape go back like you know no, i'm i'm not sure i mean it it you know i think uh i think games are really challenging i think the fact that they have a token be a part of their ecosystem that's so critical i mean it is mm-hmm. It's a tough thing to build that people have tried yeah. for a long time. Um, you introduce the token, you become sort of everything you design has to have that in consideration. Um, I mean, I, I have a few kind of thoughts on it. I'm, I'm curious, like one of the biggest question marks I have right now regarding them is with with other side land. They've got 100,000 other lands that they intend on selling. Yep. H- how do they sell them? I guess is like, it sounds like a, a dumb question, but do they undercut the current market? Um, Cause right. that's the only way that people would buy them. Do they airdrop them one-to-one and then take no revenue? I- I'm just not really sure. That's what actually they're- a really good point. Cause it's not a new collection. It's going to be part of that same collection. 
Like, right. If you if you price them above the floor, people aren't going to buy them. Yeah, are they would just buy the floor. Right. Are there even codas in the next one? Because that was what people were chasing on the last one as well. If you mm. remember, yeah. um, I don't I think the 10,000 codas are out there. And also, if I remember, I think they hinted something like that. People that had land were going to get the next batch. Did do you remember seeing that part of it? I don't think they've been clear about it. Go ahead. It wasn't clear, but yeah, I remember, I think that that was a rumor that came out and then that, you know, from their perspective, isn't great because they're not making any revenue, but maybe they don't, maybe they don't need it. And then that way, at least the market can make sense. But yeah, Yeah. I mean, like, how do you sell a hundred thousand NFTs? Right. The floor is three. Right. The floor will go down to one ETH. If you, if you drop, if you try and sell them that way, I mean, it'd be really tough unless there's something else with it to drive that hype. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I, not saying that they won't figure it out, but it just has like some question marks around that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we'll see how they do it. They've done very well with everything with pretty much all their moves so far. So, um, you know, maybe they'll surprise me and <laughs> right, I'm not being right, creative right. enough, but exactly. yeah, that, that's sort of my kind of thinking on it. I think, you know, I do think it's inevitable that more and more people move to spending almost all their time online. Um, I mean, it's happening in a big way now, like, I, I mean, I, I talk to my internet friends more than I talk to my, you know, local friends. Um, yeah. I spend eight hours a day on the internet or 10 hours, sometimes 12 yeah. or whatever. So that migration is already happening and it's just going to continue to happen more and more. And the, the virtual experience will get better and better. So I think the trend is right. I just, um, I'm curious to see how, how it'll play out. Yeah. What's your favorite NFT projects? My favorite NFT project. Yeah. Oh man. Or maybe NFTs in general. Maybe you want to say something that's not a project, but oh, my favorite. Maybe some artists even, but yeah, whenever. Oh, art, maybe. I, yeah, yeah. Um. So I mean, I, I there's a, there's a few projects. It's it's rare that like a project like really like leaves a huge impact on me where I just am like in awe of it. Um. I mean, Autoglyphs is one of those that did that for me. That still sticks out to me as being kind of the top tier NFT. I, I, I think that it, you know, I mean, maybe why, it's just why, the, why autoglyphs? I just think it's just as an awesome project. Like it, uh, you know, the on-chain art movement, I think was something that Jim and I like really put in front of a lot of people after, you know, they did it. And I launched an on-chain project in 2020, I guess, but change. So, I mean, no, well, no, that yeah, squiggly. Yeah, I mean, that was, yeah, it was more of a purist art, like generative project. And then, you know, Art Blocks followed after that, which I, I loved Art Blocks as a concept. I think that's a really great platform and use case for, for NFT technology. I think that it's, so I, I mean, I love them. I loved, uh, I love Cyber Brokers. Um, I think Josie is like, she just fucking killed it on that. I just think, it's I, like I'd never buy any of them. This just sucks about it. It's like I I think I've talked about them like a couple times on like spaces or whatever, and then like people will buy them, and I'm like, ah, oh, damn it! Like I I need to buy them before I say anything about. Them. But I've always just loved the aesthetic of that project. I think I know how hard it is technically to put all that stuff on chain. So I just I'm just massively impressed by just the technical achievement, and, and also think it just is a good looking project. Um. Like as far as like individual NFTs, I like uh, I like one of the ones that I bought um, that the Washington Post kind of poked some fun at, <laughs> which I, I paid like six hundred thousand for it, and 
it was a crypto kitty and like nobody really knows about it but oh, I, is it the cyber kitty is what it, yeah is yeah oh my god wait why did you buy that yeah you, you spent like wait how much did yeah. you spend on it uh, six hundred thousand um i uh yeah seems fair seems legit <laughs> i mean yeah yeah you know actually i had a million dollar offer on it within like a week um oh, somebody shoot. reached out and and then i didn't answer and then he said like maybe two and and like you know and i uh i don't know if that was just kind of off the cuff like oh what about that but i uh i think that it when i think about like a piece that could be in an, in a museum i think that like ccd makes a lot of sense having like the physical aspect being possibly the first physical slash nft crossover nft i mean i know that it's so like niche like hardly anybody knows about it and crypto kitties are probably third or fourth in terms of even nft cat projects now but like the history is just so relevant there i think uh you know somebody like bro um when he's worth a hundred billion dollars he circles back and he buys it for 200 million and you know we'll see <laughs> so you're hoping to sell your crypto kitty your special one to rohan you know it doesn't really matter who it is i mean it could be him it could be you know okay, poopy okay. when okay, he's worth oh 10 billion you know come on you know, poopy buy it 15 million we'll, we'll see like that's you all you only need one True. elite Just tier one. yeah Elite tier buyer who really gets the history, and that that's it, you know. Fair, fair. <laughs> yeah, not everyone's gonna, you know, drop a million on yeah. an NFT, but you know, some <laughs> people will. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of poopy, you have your rainbow cat, your doodle rainbow mm, cat, no. <laughs> which is your profile picture, and you've had that for a while. Like you really held on to that. Um, what, what, yeah. what do you like? What do you like about? Uh, so. I mean, I, I love Jordan. I think that he's like, has just a, such a great, like long-term vision. I, I love the doodles. I think that they really have taken a totally different approach um, or they have a totally different approach than most other NFT businesses, which go, what's Yuga Labs doing? We'll just do that. Mm -hmm. And then, whereas the doodles are like, no, nah, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. We're not doing any of this. So I, I like that approach. I think that, you know, not necessarily, not saying that it's a, definitely going to be the biggest winner but i think to be the biggest winner you have to sort of carve your own path which they've done and they want to do um with, with like the rainbow cat sometimes i think to myself when i bought it it was like a trade right like it was it was undervalued relative to the other one of ones like by a lot so that's why i bought it um and then i'm like damn it i should have made like one of my floor doodles my profile picture and then I would be able to because now I feel like you know how do you trade what people recognize you as like it's it is tough I know that people it's your identity right now yeah I and know. Like, you sell it and then some, you see it on someone else's Twitter no yeah no, oh I know it was gonna be so confusing I know like yeah. so there were some like big offers floated around on rainbow one of one doodles like the the alien and the cat um, the eight, um, I mean like seven figure low seven figures, but like I, when that was happening, low seven, I, I low seven figures. Oh, oh so let's just say 1 figures. million instead of not like not 3 million or 4 million, like 1 million, but still yeah, like, it's just a lot of money. But, um, I, 
I don't know. I, it's, I think that it's going to be hard for me to ever really part from it or even like remove my identity from it at this point. It just you like become... holding on to things like you're, you're more of a holder versus like, okay, this is a million dollars. Like I could have a million dollars. I could be living it up. You know, I could have a mansion. You're like, no, let me keep this, this profile picture here. I mean, I guess it depends on your financial situation. Like if it was my only valuable asset, then that would be one thing, I guess I've, you know, like I, I did sell my alien doodle to Steve Aoki for yes, like 900, like, 800,000 or something like, mm. so, I mean, you know, there's, but I, with, with doodles, since I've been sort of a public advocate for them, I feel that it would be dirty to like build this brand up, talk about how awesome I think it is, and then just sell all my shit. So I haven't sold even the ones that I minted for 0.12 or whatever. Like wow. I just mm. never sold any of those either. I, I, uh, and that's not really my normal approach. I mean, I, I have typically been more of a trader, like let's say with Top Shot, I, I got cleaned out whenever the Cosmics really pumped because I had everything listed basically at the floors for all of the Cosmics. And then whenever it just blew up, I just got left in the dust. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Wait, what's your Top Shot account? <laughs> I think it's just Nate Alex. Okay, it's it's mostly that. crappy shit now. I mean, I... I bought uh, two LeBron James Cosmics in January, one wow. for like 15000 and one for like 40000 I think. Nice. Um, and then I had pulled one out of a pack. So I had three of those whenever Top Shot was kind of getting going. And I, I think I made, sold those for maybe like 300000 for all. It, it was it was roughly like 100000 average, I think, on each of them. So, I mean, that was a pretty good markup, I guess. I mean, they're probably still worth more than a hundred thousand each but um that was really like my big top shot win was the the lebron james cosmic stuff everything else nice. i should have done a lot better on but i just i got yeah. cleaned out early lebron's yeah. the way to go over there i said that it is time. right yeah, yeah. The way to go. everybody like converges to the best mm-hmm. oh man yeah i i agree i i had tried to like convince myself to buy up a ton of the bases before top shot ever caught on but i just was i think that i i just went too deep and i i wasn't 100 percent convinced that people would get it and that it would catch on um mm-hmm. like the beta you know i i, I think i spent like 80 ether or something in in the beta and Jeez, there was just, 80 ETH, wow. there, there wasn't like a lot of interest for probably four or five months where it felt like oh my god we're gonna lose all our you money you joined in june so you joined i see you joined june 2020 you joined during the, the private closed beta. So there's really yeah. only a couple hundred people. And then they opened it up in October, which is when I joined. And then it was like a couple thousand people. And I, I was probably your guys' exit liquidity. <laughs> like, yeah, <I> <laughs> no, the October yeah. crowd had a good, okay. I mean, you had it okay. Oh, like... no, yeah, we had it good. We had it good. It was, <laughs> prices were so super cheap. Like, it was good. The people that got screwed were like the March 2021. Yeah. February, March yeah. people. That yeah. was where it really went over the top. Whenever like mainstream That's media when I is writing about it. <laughs> it's you know a top shot did a lot of good though i think like they they onboarded a lot of people into like the ethereum ecosystem i think i think that a lot of people that came into top shot bought board apes i want to say that that like funnel yeah because gargo was really into the top shot and there was like i know my some of my friends they were like yeah he came into our little like top shot discord because there would be these spinoff like communities for top shot and then he was just kind of like 
showing his board apes, I guess. But yeah, I remember, um, yeah, a lot of my top shop friends had gotten into the gotten into board apes. And I, I remember yeah. that I was very stubborn about them though, because I thought they were pretty ugly and I was like, there's no good looking ones. Yeah, I, I whiffed on those. So pranked yeah. and Jim, they were talking about them in a chat we were in, and I was like, guys, like they haven't sold out in a week. So that shows that there's not a lot of demand for them. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, that changed overnight and then they just blew the mm. fuck up. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. um, so, I mean, I, I whiffed on that. I mean, I was there when they were getting like minted out. I just was kind of like you. I mean, I just didn't really see the longer term narrative there, um, yeah. which <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I think, well, but... yeah, well, and also it's like, how can you really predict that? But I think you were right about the whole stubborn buyers of them just being like, I'm going to hold this forever. Like, I do remember people like just saying that even though they didn't, it's like, did they really think it was going to be super valuable? Well, maybe, maybe not, but they just kind of had this like sense of community, like, let's just hold on to this. And Nothing yeah. had really blown up super crazy at that point to where there was even like a reason to really hold, like right. think about I know, something. It, I mean, it it's insane. Like even at the time, I mean, CryptoPunks, I think were the, probably the premier, yeah, true. Um, like most highest value. But even at that time, they were probably 10 ether or they weren't really that much. You're right. When, they were selling for 20,000, 30,000, 40,000. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, so that was to me that kind of was the cap of what a 10k pfp could be i remember in 2020 i think it was 2020 i was talking to people in the chat about punks and like like and i was just mega bull like there's a hundred percent chance these would be worth more than a thousand dollars a piece i promise these can be worth more than a thousand dollars a piece about crypto punks because they were like two hundred dollars and people were like, why don't you just buy them all then? I'm like, I mean, because I can't afford it. But like, people I, always say that. People love to say, why don't you just buy them all? I mean, I would, but like, yeah, I mean, I have bought as many as I can afford to. I, but like, I was so confident they would hit $1,000. And then when they did, it was like, okay, this, the numbers are getting a little bigger here. You know, you got $10 million market cap. Um, and then whenever they hit like $100,000, I was thinking, there is no way. Like, I just don't understand how. I mean, I just underestimated how much money is floating around, I guess, in this space. So it was weird to see, or it was, it was shocking to see like board apes just, just explode like that. Yep. Yep. Oh, I, I was just going to say, did you buy a bunch of uh, crypto punks and, and sell them early? Cause I feel like that's like your thing. You sell them, it early. Is. You buy Classic. them early. You sell yeah. them early. Yeah, actually <laughs> I gave away two crypto punks during the hey. original chain faces mint um which was funny one of them there was a giveaway i can't remember exactly how it worked pranked ended up winning one of the giveaways and then the other person that won it's like held there still like all the way up and down it's crazy (laughs) but um so yeah i was pretty early with crypto punks buying them i remember when they were like 20 dollars. i don't think that i ever really bought any at that level but um, I was buying probably in like the hundred dollar range, but I was selling for $150 or $200. Um, but I, I did stay pretty active with crypto punks. I've, I, I, I think like one of the last ones I bought or, or I bought a pilot for like 180, uh, cause the person was like capitulating. It was like super obvious. Like they listed like 300. Wait, was it the two- nouns guy? 
no no it wasn't him it was it was somebody else um but yeah they just went 300 280 260 and i'm like this person will sell for anything so i just Mm -hmm. offer 180 he accepted which was like 300 ether lower than the next cheapest so i just marked it up by like 90 ETH, and then somebody picked it up a few days after that um but i I, so i mean i did stay active like trading punks for a while when they still had decent liquidity um but yeah, I, I didn't, you know, if I just held like the shit that I started with, then it would have been so much better. It mm-hmm. just is so hard to pick those winners, hold them, yeah. capture the ups. It just is, a, it's just such a hard game to play. Yep. Yeah, I hear that. Um, did, uh, did, did Jennifer say you had something to do with the uh, bucket auction for the doodles? Yeah, I, yeah, I did the, uh, I was just like the mechanism uh, designer for it. Um, cool. And then we, we audited the contract. Uh, the basic idea, I mean, was like, how do we, cause I always have hated this, just like gas waste. I just think it just is, it sucks because it's like, why it doesn't have to exist. You can design something that, you know, and people, they challenge that even when like other side came out and I, you know, I talked about $180 million got wasted on gas there. And, um, with like the doodles bucket auction, I was like, well, if we do, you know, something like this, where it's sort of like there's a 24 hour window, you don't have to hit gas competition. You might, if you try to submit first or wait till the last few blocks, but anywhere in the middle is just paying the market price. Um, That was like kind of the intent behind it is like, let's just design this thing that Mm -hmm. the price is the same for everybody. The, uh, the gas will be low, very low across a 24 hour window. Um, So, I mean, yeah. And, and, you know, we talked about it and I had like a basic design for it. Um, West Coast NFT ended up building it. And then, like I said, Kane and I uh, audited it. Cool. Yeah, it was really interesting. We talked about it on our last episode right before it was going down. Uh, yeah. how, how, how did you feel how it executed and the people get it like it worked worked really well? I think that it worked the way that we wanted it to work. Um, I, I was pretty happy with with the outcome. I uh I know that there are probably some people who are, they're just used to mints being creating sort of this like pseudo scarcity, like FOMO because, Oh no, I got left out. My gas didn't get through. Now I need to buy on secondary versus the bucket auction, which is kind of like you're buying at the fair market price. You're taking a, a longer term position here. Like the odds of being able to take, take away something from an auction like that and flip it for a two X on day one are pretty much zero. I mean, you're, you're paying fair auction price that everybody could have paid if they just were there within the last mm-hmm. day. So there are probably some people that were disappointed by how that, that kind of played out with maybe because they didn't understand how like the, the market dynamics behind it. Um, but, but other than that, I mean, yeah, the design did what, what I had hoped it would do. Um, I definitely got priced out of it. I was watching it though. I was like, what is this going to get to? Cause it's interesting. Cause it's like, you know, if you were to put in one ETH, but then you think, oh, maybe it'll be, you know, 0.2, then you're thinking, oh, I got five. But then if it's like, it keeps going up, you're like, oh shit, I'm only getting hit two. Like, I also feel like those people probably were like, you know, maybe they put in 0.5, they thought they'd get a couple and they really just got one. Yeah. Like probably those people were like, Dang. Oh, you're right. There probably are some, yeah. I mean, on the plus side, 
the price is still the same for everybody. So, yeah. you know, if mm-hmm. that, that was, so to me, it still is a fair mechanism. Um, but yeah, I could, I could see like somebody puts in a big amount and they, it says they have a thousand and then they just see that dwindle down into <laughs> nothingness. Like, Fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that, that could be a little frustrating, I, but that's also part of the learning curve. I think, you know, the next time you see a, a bucket auction on a high profile, like NFT, people will know how it works and they'll understand okay well this is the most that i could ever hope to get and then it's kind of down from there but again at least the price is equal for everybody i think it's crazy that people buy things and will sell them for a loss 30 minutes later like that yeah, is just insane it blows to me. Like, my mind too wow it happens all the time yeah, um <laughs> people are people are scared some people are probably chasing something and i don't know if it revealed right away or whatever but like i guess sometimes if you don't get something rare you just Oh yeah, I was in the ticket business for a long time, and we saw that tickets would go on sale to a concert, they would sell out, and then right away the the price would be under what people paid for it. Oh really? Wow, that's that's crazy. It's a weird, <laughs> weird dynamic. The one thing, so with the bucket auction, you got the human part of it. You guys actually chose a price, right? Like a did it say like so? Once the auction was over, we're going to take a guess at what the price is, and then it's either going to go up or down from there. No, it's algorithmically uh, calculated based okay. on. So the simplest way to think about it, although this is yep. a simplified, but this isn't how it actually works. But basically, you take all the ether that's in the pool, and then however much ether a person has put in, they get a proportional amount of boxes per that. So like this is a simple example. It, it's not it doesn't exactly work like this because refunds are factored in, and there is there's this idea of like a threshold that you have to be over and anything under that gets refunded. But right. generally speaking, let's say there was 10 ether in the contract. Somebody put nine in somebody, some people put one in and there were 10 or 20 boxes. That means there's 10 ether. There's 20 boxes. The average price for box would be 0.5. So it, it's calculated based on how much ether is in the pool. And um, because of the threshold line, knocking people off, there's this iterative uh, algorithm that just runs to figure out what that price is. And then okay. we set that at the contract level, but it was calculated. That's where everything on the, on the front end came from. Cool. Yeah. It was, I read, I had to read the FAQs a few times to, to kind of, <laughs> it was cool. It was, it's very interesting. I bet there's going to be people that try similar stuff, you know, when something works like that. I think that there, you know, there's some modifications that could be made to it. That makes sense. If like, um, Actually, I won't spoil them because I'm playing around with something related to it. But I think that there are some some modifications that can gamify it a little bit more, mm-hmm. make it a little more fun or a little more okay. unpredictable. But um, yeah, maybe we'll see those. Yeah, we'll, we'll be interesting to see. We'll be interested to see what you have up your sleeve. You're definitely an innovative guy. And it's cool how that went down. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also, I have a chain face. Very proudly own a chain face, not the yeah. chain face arena. Okay, I own the original, the OG the original. One. Okay, I mean, shit. Yeah. Did, did um, you, yeah, see, one thing that I regret about the arena is that I didn't just pay somebody a little bit of money to redesign characters because that became like such a source of confusion between like, wait, there's the original ones, and then there's the <laughs> ones that could fight in the arena for the millions of dollars bounty. Um, so yeah, I do regret like 
re kind of uh, reintroducing the brand. I mean, you know, I, I looked through like probably like 30,000 symbols to pull the ones for Chain Faces Arena. Um, and then the arena was really more about like the idle game being built in the contract, the, you know, continuous payout system, the dynamic art upgrading, all being like built fully at the contract level and being hundred percent on chain. Like that was mm -hmm. what was neat about it to me. Um, sure. But I think that that experiment could have been better too. It's always like you do something and you're like, ah, oh, I wish I had tweaked like this or that, or like just minor little things. But that is also what gives inspiration, I guess, to build the next new thing. So. Um, okay. Any last questions, Michael? Before we yeah, usually usually my last question is who are your favorite artists and projects, and we kind of went over that a little bit. But if you wanted to <laughs> shout anybody out, you could. Other than that, it was it was a real pleasure chatting it up, and uh, good to you know, good to yeah. have you on. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me on. Um, I'll uh, I'll stick with just the projects I went with earlier. I mean, there's a number of artists I could shout out. I would feel bad though because I know I'd leave a good friend out, and I'd be <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> Okay, my, my last question is, what's next for Nate Alex? Like, what's something in the future that you can tell us about that that's happening? So I'm, so Chain Faces HD, I think, will come out, um, which is just a free claim for anybody that participated in Chain Faces Arena. Um, it's basically like the ASCII characters get upgraded into an SVG character, and it kind of maps over in a logical way. So, um like the thing that looks like a mustache might m map over to a mustache on the character so th that will be out this month for sure I, I guess technically you can mint them now you just the reveal will be done this this month um we're building another project which is kind of like a crowdsourced one of one art project meshed with uh with an nft project so think of a profile picture project but all of the pieces are drawn by an individual artist they're all one of ones and they're still like cohesive based on like the the metadata and the stats at the token level um so that's something that we're trying to build right now does that have and, a name yeah it's called a uh, adjective animals <laughs> Ad adjective Ooh. adjective animals adjective animals because like, yeah. right, that's like because every project was an adjective and an animal yeah, yeah okay. so it, yeah it's tongue-in-cheek in that nice. way and I like that, that would be i like that i like that i uh you know it's it's a tough project to pull off because like getting like say versus 200 assets that you generate a bunch of you know ten thousand assets with yeah it only takes 200 assets it's a lot easier and cheaper than designing thousands of one of ones and then trying to incentivize you know you know the whole the people that are involved with the project to even like participate in that um so we'll see how that goes. I, my goal is to get a million dollars in the uh, in the bounty pool that will incentivize artists to kind of upgrade the individual tokens. Mm -hmm. But um, more information will be coming on that probably this month or early next month. I mean, we're we're moving forward on that pretty pretty well. But that's, adjective, that's the main adjective thing. Adjective animals. That's adjective some alpha animals. right there, folks. That's some <laughs> alpha. Get ready. <laughs> Yes. I like it. Please follow Nate Alex NFT on Twitter for more information. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and also shout out to Cousin Greg. We have to shout out Cousin Greg for making this possible. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, but thank you so much, Nate, for coming on. I, I've, I've seen you at so many different NFT events, mostly doodle parties. Um, and yeah, I've just been wanting you to come on for a while. And I said before that like, 
you know, you're one of my dream guests. Definitely look up to you in the space. And yeah, it's been an honor having you on the show. So thanks so much for your time. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me on. All right. Catch you all in the next episode. Thanks for listening. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to the NFT Catcher Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and learned something new about the exciting world of NFTs. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you really love what you're hearing, please leave us a rating and review on your favorite platform. If you want to stay up to date with the latest news and insights from the NFT space, be sure to follow us on all the socials at NFT Catcher Pod. You can follow Jennifer at Jennifer underscore pseudo and Michael at NF Ticket. I'm your producer, Andy, and I'm at AJC254. Our theme songs by It's Just Los. We always appreciate your feedback and support, which helps us reach more people and bring you informative and engaging content about NFTs. We look forward to bringing you more great NFT content in future episodes. Thanks for listening. Peace. So